Good morning, friends at Freeway Baptist Church. It's lovely to have the opportunity to be virtually present with you again today. And I want to bring you greetings from your colleagues and friends at our Baptist Union Support Hub, and especially from our Director of Ministry and Missions and Ministry, Reverend Daniel Bullock. Today I want to talk about a subject that most, if not all, our churches are talking about at the moment, and that is our sense of displacement from our normal church life, uh, a sense of some sort of loss that many are feeling. It leads to a question that seems to be asked over and over as we think about our present situation and what may lie ahead, and that is when will we be able to get back into our churches once again? As I talk with pastors, it's clear that we're all grappling with this question and and others like it. Because not being able to do this very familiar thing creates an unsettling feeling that somehow an, an anchor has been taken away, that things feel a little more precarious because we've lost one of the most important routines of our spiritual lives. For many The church gathered at worship is where we meet with God and therefore it's really important for our sense of spiritual well-being. Having said that, so many of us are being wonderfully creative in thinking about how we can continue to worship and, and encourage and build each other up in these challenging times. Today, I want to ask a question that provokes our thinking about this. Where is our faith centred? Because in times of pressure and crisis, it's easy to default to thinking and focusing on the wrong thing. When I lived in Bangladesh, we Baptist cross-cultural workers had developed over a period of time a methodology of reaching out to Muslims in ways that were easier for them to understand and and easier for them to accept. One of the most significant challenges to us during these times was not the Muslims, but the Christians. Bangladeshi Christians live in a society where they are a small minority where they, to a greater or lesser degree, live under a constant pressure. And the way they felt secure was by maintaining forms and rituals that they believed made them Christian as distinct from other communities. The way they felt secure was to hold those forms and rituals very very tightly, so that if a Muslim wanted to become a Christian, besides any actual faith commitment to Jesus, there was a number of requirements that he or she had to satisfy that made it clear they had left their past, their community behind in order to join the Christian community. It was as much a social transition as it was a faith transition. The church objected quite strongly when we emphasised that becoming a Christian was a matter of faith in Jesus, regardless of what one's name was, regardless of where one lived. But for them, 
it meant that they would no longer be able to determine who was a real Christian and who wasn't. Who was on their side and who wasn't. Whom they could trust and whom they couldn't. After some time, I came to understand that they weren't just being narrow-minded or pedantic or nasty or, or selfish, but genuinely, sincerely felt very insecure about this approach and its, its possible fruit. Threatened by this new teaching that they couldn't recognise or control. They felt they had everything to lose if they simply allowed this new way of doing things to be accepted, that their faith and their identity was in real jeopardy. In our current circumstances, there's been some concern expressed around what we might lose as a consequence of coronavirus restrictions in the medium and longer term, as churches, and what we might lose as individuals. And that's where I'm heading this morning. Recently, I've been reading about the early church, and in particular about Stephen. He was someone who was clearly gifted by the Holy Spirit in his preaching ministry. And in the course of that, came up against a group of Jews who were very concerned about this new teaching that was being talked about everywhere, it seemed. <clears throat> Greek-speaking Jews were becoming more vocal since Pentecost. Many had become believers in Jesus, and these Jesus, Jesus followers were beginning to learn and teach things that, that weren't acceptable. Everyone knew that regardless of where one came from, for a Jew, the two non-negotiable foundations of the Jewish faith were the temple and Moses. Now, I can imagine for many of these Jews who lived in foreign regions, what kept them going in those distant places was the thought of the temple and, and of one day getting back to worship at the temple. The comforting thought of the temple always being there and the unchanging traditions of Moses handed down through the generations, these were what kept those men the synagogue of the freedmen, from losing hope. But now, because of Jesus, these were being contested, being reinterpreted in the preaching of people like Stephen and these expatriate Jews for whom orthodoxy was really important. They couldn't allow that to happen. All they could think of was what they stood to lose. Their whole identity, their faith, their sacred tradition was in jeopardy. And so when someone like Stephen was, was preaching that the temple was no longer so important in, knowing, in terms of knowing God and worshipping God, they couldn't let it go. Being unable to defeat him in theological argument, they brought mischievous charges against him. And Stephen was summoned by the religious authorities to respond. The arguments they brought 
were that Stephen was preaching against the foundational importance of Moses and the ongoing role of the temple, its importance as the place where God lives, as the place from which God speaks, as, as the place where heaven and earth meet. It's interesting that among our refugee churches, we find a similar desire to retain established ways of doing church. They hold on to how church was structured and conducted back in their home context and are unwilling to consider doing things differently because of the security and identity those familiar practices give them in this foreign country. In some respects, some of their own pastors have told me they're more conservative here than back home in their own context. So when thinking about Stephen, this story of Stephen and his preaching about the temple, it may call to mind Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman in John 4, where she tried to argue that the big issue was where the temple was to be located. And Jesus told her what, what I imagine Stephen and the other apostles were preaching, that regardless of where it may be located, a temple of bricks and stones is no longer the only place to encounter God and indeed is even no longer how God may be encountered. And we too have discovered that centuries later through ourselves meeting God through Jesus Christ, our risen Saviour, in our own time and in our own context. But Stephen's sermon made me think of our current situation where we are prevented from gathering with our friends and attending our places of worship even if we want to. Where there are so many limitations upon us in the present time and where there is perhaps a sense of losing something precious. It's true that we don't revere our places of worship like the Jews revered the temple. However, our church buildings can be in many ways sacred places for us where we gather with God's people to worship together and to pray as his community. And we feel the loss of that freedom and the loss of that opportunity to meet together in the flesh each week in our appointed place. But we also may have questions about how we understand God in this very testing environment. How, how do we know God? How do we meet with God in these changed circumstances? Returning to Stephen, he, he defends himself powerless, powerfully against these accusations by giving a history lesson about the temple and God's people. He begins by saying, you know, Abraham, our ancestor, our founding father, was in Mesopotamia when God went and found him and told him to leave behind all that was familiar and go to a new place that God would show him. And all the promises that God made to Abraham didn't need a temple to communicate 
when Jacob's son Joseph got into trouble in Egypt, God found him in that jail. And years later, when the Israelites were in great need because of their slavery in Egypt, God found Moses out in the desert, calling him to his task of liberation, not in some religious shrine, but through a random shrub that was burning in the desert. And even when the Israelites built a tent as they wandered as nomads in the desert, a tent in which to meet God, a tent of God's own specification. It was a temporary structure that was set up and packed up whenever the Israelites moved from one place to another. And to rub it in, Stephen says, and just saying, having that tent didn't stop our forefathers going off the rails. So don't think the temple is the guarantee of faithfulness or the guarantee of God's blessing. He quotes the prophet Amos, where God asks, was it to me you were bringing sacrifices and offerings during those 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? No. You carried your pagan gods, the shrine of Molech, and the star of your god, Repan, and the images you made to worship them. And even when Solomon built that beautiful temple as God specified it, and to God's glory, Even then, God said, yeah, it's beautiful. But really, do you think a building of brick and timber and stone can contain me? The whole point of my rehash of Stephen's story is to remind us yet again that even though our what we might call our sacred spaces of bricks and mortar where we gather together to worship God in our familiar, accustomed and treasured ways are now closed to us. God creates other holy places. He creates other spaces in our lives wherever and whenever God happens to show up. And perhaps This time in which we're living might just be a time where God creates new places of encounter for us. In these times when we may feel alienated in some way, not able to see or hear God in the ways to which we're accustomed, Stephen reminds us that God finds us. Sometimes in unexpected places, God finds us. Be prepared to be surprised, like Jacob, when he ran away from home in order to leave his angry brother Esau behind. He discovered he didn't leave God behind. God found him. Or Elijah the prophet, running away into the barren desert places, who heard a voice saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? Let me say again what I'm sure you already know, that God's grace and power is in no way limited or restricted, even though we may be. God comes to us in complete freedom through our risen Saviour, Jesus, not limited by geography, by words, by form or ritual. 
And the holy places where God wants to meet you today are more likely in your own home, in your favourite chair, in the backyard, in the local park, or in your family members, but more so in the open spaces of your heart and mind. While some of you may already have a familiar place, a particular place in your home set aside for times of prayer and reading and listening for God's voice, perhaps days such as these are an opportunity for you to explore other ways in which God may be wanting to make contact with you, may be wanting to meet with you, may be wanting to speak his word into your heart. Do you feel as though you've lost something of the sense of the presence of God during these last few months? Or do you yourself feel a little lost because of your accustomed ways of meeting with God are no longer available to you? The Bible assures us that God in Christ will find you wherever you are and whoever you are, whether you're famous or anonymous, whether you're a prophet or whether you're a wandering sheep or a prodigal daughter or son who's lost their way, wherever you are, God in Christ will find you and draw you to himself. While we all look forward to being together again in the flesh, remember and take comfort and strength from the knowledge that Jesus Christ is present with every one of us in this moment through the gracious work of his spirit. I pray this is an encouragement for all of us today. Amen.